Welcome to the Mastering College Two Career Podcast. I am your host, the one that knows the most, Daniel Botero. In a world where eight out of 10 students are graduating without a job lined up, and 40% of graduates never work in a job that require their degree, this podcast is the solution. In this podcast, not only do you hear from my own personal experience, countless hours worth of research on this topic, but I bring industry experts to help students take away that fear of graduating without a job and instead teach you how to land your dream job. Welcome, welcome back to the Mastering College Career Podcast. Today, I have a great, very, very special guest for you. I have Mr. Matt Labrise. Matt is a Forbes 30 Under 30 nominee. He is also worked for Damon Johns for two plus years before, you know, he went on his own and we'll have him talk a little bit more about that. And he's a National Covet speaker. Matt, I am so excited to have you on the show today. I'm excited for the audience to hear your story and even dive into the topic of blueprint to student success. How are you doing today? I'm terrific, man. And I'm even more terrific to be able to be here with you. I'm super grateful for the opportunity. No, absolutely. Um, We're going to talk about this topic and throughout this episode, but the way that me and you got connected was, you know, just networking. It's just social media networking. Funny enough, we've actually never met in person, right? You're, you're in New York. I'm here in Orlando, Florida. But the world we live in allows us to connect with people all over the world, which is the beautiful thing about it because there's no longer that excuse that the people that you grew up with are not like-minded so that you need, you need to just go out there and meet new people and find people who are going to help you grow. They're going to make you better. And, um, and so I want to thank you, Matt, for you know, connecting through social media, and, you know, I'm so excited to have you on this episode um, and just dive into this topic. So, Matt, for the audience that does not know who you are, why don't you share a little bit about your origin story, where you came from, your, just your story overall. Yeah, 100%, man. You know, I'm a born and raised New Yorker, 26 years old. And, you know, I, I always say that it's almost inevitable for someone from New York not to catch the hustler spirit, right? Because New York is such a hustle and bustle town, even if you're not in actual New York City, you know, even the surrounding boroughs, it's it's amazing. And I definitely caught that. And it was contagious. You know, I, I always start off by saying that I opened my first business at 12 years old, which is really a true story. Um, I opened up a restaurant at 12 years old. And what I was doing was uh, selling my mother's groceries on my front porch. And that's as real as it gets. You know, there was no overhead cost, but I can't say this was a long venture. It, it really only happened for about two to three days. But seriously, you know, I started making money at such a young age and it translated into se- when I was 17 years old and I opened my first actual business and I started to monetize my personal brand within the nightlife industry. And this lasted from about 17 to 24, where I was working with the likes of 50 Cent and Fetty Wap and Jadakiss, Ja Rule, Fat Show, you know, you name it. I, I essentially worked with a lot of industry cats within the industry and it was a really great experience. But at the end of the day, I knew that I wanted something greater in life. And from there, you know, I transitioned into a, a position after graduating college from work to working with Damon John of Shark Tank, specifically doing business development and things of that nature, which was an absolute amazing experience. And, you know, I still wanted more, right? I still had that urge to get more. And, um, you know, 
I needed fulfillment, right? Because we only have one life and I needed to be able to find um, that thing that really made me happy, right? That thing that really provided me joy. And, and I jokingly say this, but I actually mean it. I found it and it was public speaking. And the reason I knew I found it was because the first time I ever spoke publicly, the feeling I got was like a girl giving me butterflies, you know, like that, that feeling inside the gut, that feeling inside the stomach. And, you know, I was just so happy I found it. But aside from that, you know, I just kind of gave you the highlight reel very briefly. You know, I just want to let people know that's listening. I definitely failed a whole bunch of times, you know, like I feel like that's a part of a lot of people's stories that is left out and what people really resonate is with the failures, you know, like I didn't have a perfect life. My life was never always peaches and cream and it's still not to this day. You know, my parents are divorced. I watched my mother battle cancer. I lost my dream of playing professional sports at 17 years old uh, due to a a labrum injury. I've been in trouble with the law at 17 years old too. Um, I got kicked out of two high schools. I failed out of college. Like the list goes on, man, you know, so I just want to bring myself back down to earth and let people know I'm a human being. No, I, I love it. And I think that that's the best part of the story that a lot of people, you're right, don't share. They try to always share their highlight reel. And, and the fact that you're open about it and you, you learn from your lessons and it's really the reason why you're the person you are today is because of those mistakes. It's amazing. Um, when we connected, we talked a lot about um, creating, coming up with a topic like that was really going to add so much value to the audience. And, you know, a lot of what you speak on is very similar to what I speak on. And it's funny because you just have different names and, and different ways of approaching it. And I think they're just so important. And you call it, so you call it the blueprint to student success, right? Yep. Um, and so let's start talking about that. Like what would be the first thing that you would want to share when it, in regards to that? I think it's very similar to, you know, what you speak about, right? I think it's, it starts with the self, you know, and understanding your, what you want in life and understanding um, your why and your driving purpose. And I, I like to refer to it as my North star, you know, cause that North star is that, that guiding light. Right. So um, self-awareness is key, man. And self-awareness is something, you know, I'm preaching it right now. It's actually something that I need to instill back in my life because I had a really rough week as we talked prior to the show. Um, self-awareness, right? Like what, what do you want out of life? How can you create it? You know, is it getting a job directly out of college? Is it Uh, creating a job directly out of college? Is it, you know, what do you want to provide? Do you, do you want a family? Do you want this? Like, how are you able to get that? And I think it starts with the self. And so talk, talk us through a little bit of your journey of how you found, you know, North Star throughout the years and that has made you make some decisions that maybe some people be like, why are you making that decision? Why are you even doing that? Daniel, that's a great question, man, because I would never suggest anyone go through what I went through to be able to find that, you know, at the same time, what I, what I had to do was get a taste of a lot of different things, you know, and the reason why I think that's such a great question is because it brings me back, man, and it, it really makes me realize after I was a senior in high school when I completely lost my dream after I tore my labrum in my shoulder, I was a baseball player, never pitched again, like literally never pitched again, and that was my ride to college. I lost a whole bunch of scholarships. So I was lost. Literally, I was lost at that point. Now, at 17 years old, it's kind of hard to know what you want to do, right? Like at such a young age, but I was blessed and fortunate enough to know what I wanted to do because I fell in love with something at such a young age. And after that happened, I had no clue what I wanted to do. But as I mentioned, at 17 years old, I started to monetize my personal brand. And I realized that I wanted to make a lot of money because that's exactly what I was doing at that age. And from there, I kind of went down a bad path and I fell in love with making money too much. And what happened was that led me to failing out of college. 
Now, after failing out of college and I was going to study for something, right? I wanted to be a gym teacher at the time. You know, I wanted to be able to help individuals with their physical health. And to be quite honest, I was mentored by a gym teacher at my high school who had nice Cuban chains and diamond rings and things of that nature. So, you know, I was being influenced by that as well, not knowing that he had other ventures in the background, you know, like I was just, uh, there was a smoke, a smoky mirror there and I was just seeing what I wanted to see. But, um, yeah, man. So like I said, it, it led me down some wrong paths. And it wasn't until I heard a, a very brief quote that said legacy over currency that made me realize that I'm living life the wrong way. And when I failed out of college, man, I was working five jobs. I was making six figures. You know, when you're 19 years old, touching six figures, like that's, that's crazy, you know, and it's, it's rare. And um, a lot of people say, why, why wouldn't you stick with that? Well, it wasn't fulfilling. You know, so how, how do you find that fulfillment? You know, you, you do have to taste different things, right? You need to be able to get different experiences. Now, my experiences were super elongated. So that's why I said I would never want anyone to go down the same exact path that I went down. But with that said, to be able to find those things, you need to be able to taste different things, right? You're not going to know if you like chicken parm if you don't taste chicken parm. You know, like you got you to taste these different things in life. And that's what it comes down. Excuse me. That's what it comes down to. Perfect. No, excellent. And so one thing that you talk about, and I think you realize this, is once you're doing all this self-discovery, you start identifying and really having clarity about who you are and what makes you you, right? And that really moves you to the next step, which is branding, right? Personal branding. You're so big on. Let's talk about personal branding. Like, what's your personal brand? What do you want people to, you know, when they listen to you speak, when they see your social media, what do you want them to take away? And then the second question to that is, how do students start creating their own personal brand yeah so for me it really comes down to um authenticity right and this comes this is and should be incorporated in every single personal brand you know you never want to hear the words oh you're like this person and to be honest i have heard that which bothers me because i'm not like anyone else and i'm not trying to be anyone else i'm trying to be myself you know and i, I always get made fun of because of the videos i post on social media They're like who do you think you are matt vaynerchuk you know, like, no, I'm not trying to be Gary Vaynerchuk. You know, I'm trying to be Matt Labrie. So how, how can I continue to become more unique? And in, in general, to answer your question short, to get to that second question, um, who, like, I just want to be known as someone that, that's influencing, right? And I don't want to be an influencer. I want to be someone that's positively impacting the lives of 1 billion people because that's my goal. So when people see my name, I want them to resonate or I want that goal to be ingrained in them. Like, hey, this guy is really going out there to impact people's lives in a positive manner. And that's exactly what I'm striving for day in and day out. Now, how can a student start to, um, you know, form or develop or transition? Because that's another thing you can transition your personal brand. That's what I did three times in my life. Sometimes even, you know, I could say four times. And it, you know, all right, so you got that self-awareness down. Now that you know what you want, how, how do you start to create it? And how do you start to align yourself as an individual that, um, can achieve that, you know, like if you want to be a doctor, you can't be freaking in a club posting bottles of, of you know, holding up bottles of gray goose, you know, like, you, you know, you need to be in the environment, you need to set yourself in a certain environment, you need to be portraying yourself in a certain way, and you need to be really living it right you. And I mentioned the word authenticity, you can't just, you can't just fake it. You know, and I'm not someone that says fake it till you make it like you need to actually live that life. And after you live that life and you start building that habit, it actually starts to become yourself, you know, and you start to become you know, becoming yourself within that role. And I think that's how you start. You need to understand like, hey, these are what the people in this industry do. I'm not saying imitate to innovate and I'm not saying to mimic someone else, but you need to find yourself in 
uh, attributes or characteristics or habits of these individuals within the field that you're looking to dive into, I'll say, and you need to apply them to yourself in a way that is authentic and unique to you. Absolutely. And so let's talk about it. Like I get this question every single time, even just yesterday, I was speaking in front of a university um, here in Florida and the student is, I always talk about LinkedIn, you know, because I'm talking about how to help them get a job. And they say, well, what can I post on LinkedIn? Like, how can I provide value? What, what can I do as a student? I'm just starting out. Don't have a lot of experience to be able to add value to the world in, in the, the content that they, I create. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny when, when I hear stuff like that, the first thing that came to my mind was uh, the word excusitis, you know, and it's a, a disease a lot of us uh, get from time to time. Trust me, I still get it today. But there are no excuses, right? There, there's always something to post. Now, to be more specific about what you can post, uh, I got a similar question doing a keynote, you know, during the summer and the individual was like, um, w- exactly, what can I post? So what can you post? It depends what field you're going to, right? You could start a blog. Literally just start a blog, right? LinkedIn is a, is a free platform for you to blog. You can write an article, something as simple as being in your shoes, right? You don't need to say, you don't need to talk like you're super experienced, but talk about your experiences, right? As a student that's studying to become a doctor, as a student that's be, uh, studying to become uh, a business development associate or whatever the case is, right? Write about an internship or write about something that actually relates to you because you never want to stray from authenticity. When you stray from authenticity, you start portraying an image that you're not. And that's not what you want to do. That's not how you build a personal brand. That's not how you build rapport with a following or a tribe or um, even just people in your network or your associates or your colleagues, however you want to refer to them as. So I think that that's what it comes down to. What do you post? You know, like, post about your experiences. You know, you do have experiences as, as a human being. You don't want to overthink it. You know, and there's a lot more to that. You can ask questions on LinkedIn, right? Connect with professionals in the field that you're going into, or if you're going into entrepreneurship, connect with other entrepreneurs and post questions and engage with them, right? You want to learn from these individuals so you can get free mentorship out of a post on LinkedIn too. Like there are a million and one things people, people can do, but at the root of it, you need to stay authentic. So it essentially comes down to being authentic and then taking action, right? Not just sitting behind the sidelines and not doing anything about it and making excuses, but you just have to go out there, you know, even if you're just documenting your journey, like talking about what you learned in that class or what you learned from the speaker, what you learned from that book, and then asking questions, you know, get people will, LinkedIn is such an awesome community where people do actually go and help and connect and answer questions that that might be. Um, You talked about briefly about networking there. and, And I know that's something that you're really big on. Um, even the fact that me and you connected through, you know, networking without even anybody connecting us um, is a testament to that. Let's dive into the topic of networking. Why do you think networking is so important as a, just as a student and not even just student, but for the rest of your career? Yeah, man. Like, like you said, I'm connected to amazing individuals like yourself just because of networking, right? Just because of sending a message or saying hello or engaging on a piece of content. You know, I think that's really huge. Now, personally, you know, that's how I got my job with Damon John, you know, like I, I networked and th- that's, you know, that, that right there is an example of how amazing networking really is. You know, um, I knew an individual through the nightlife industry, as I mentioned before, I was in nightlife from 17 to 24 years old. And at 23, uh, yeah, either at 22 or 23, as I was, you know, getting ready to graduate college, 
I, uh, I met this individual after an event with Damon and I said, Hey man, you know, I, I feel like I know you. I was introduced to him by my mentor that I was with. And next thing you know, networking became a chain reaction. So networking is not only about who you know directly, but who your network also knows directly. You know, it's a compound effect. And I think that's the beauty in it. And the reason why it's so important is because you never know what can come about through it, you know, and as, as we spoke briefly about before, you know, especially as a college student, right, you are exposed to a closed community. Now, the reason why I say it's a closed community is because you're in class with a whole bunch of individuals, you might be in a club with a whole bunch of individuals, you know, you have lunch at a certain time with a whole bunch of individuals, whatever the case is, you're in that community, right? And once those walls go down, called, and that's called graduation, and the world opens up, past that those four walls life is totally different so for anyone that's in college that's listening it is super important to network with every single individual you are in that classroom with because you never know if you're sitting next to the next mark zuckerberg michelle obama like michael jordan like whoever right you never know who you're sitting next to and i think that's the most important part about it it's like take advantage of that you know get a phone number interact engage build rapport Uh, build a relationship, build a friendship, you know, like networking isn't like, oh, I need to shake your hand so firmly that you remember me. Like, no, sometimes it can be loosey goosey, like dap them up, like whatever the case is, like you're you're friends with these people. Um, You know, don't take it so serious. But at the same time, remember the importance because you never know where networking can take you. Absolutely. So my personal networking philosophy, and I've had a whole episode about this in the past is, and I'll make it short, right? It's about whenever I meet somebody new, the first thing I am, it's, I look at it as a bank account. And I will never withdraw something unless I've deposited. And I always want to make sure that I have enough money to cover what I'm ever asking for. And every time I go and I meet somebody, I'm always thinking, how can I help that individual, right? How can I provide value? And if I can't personally provide value, who do I know in my network that can provide value to them, right? And so I talk about it where essentially is provide value first, never ask something unless you really need it, and then never go into a relationship with the, with the intentions of wanting something, right? And so I teach my students that, and that's something that's worked extremely well for me. What do you think is your networking philosophy? So you want to know what's crazy about that? I agree with you to an extent about, about what you're saying there, right? Like I'm all about give, 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 and then ask, but there's going to be situations in life where you, you won't ever be able to give, but deep rooted, there will be something to give. And one thing that, you know, I like to say is, and I didn't learn this from anyone super close to me. I just learned this through uh, being around individuals like Damon and Gary V and, you know, Grant Cardone, Lewis Howes and things of that nature. Those people you might not necessarily be able to give something to, right? But deep-rooted there is, and I'm going to be super specific, you can always ask what their favorite um, non nonprofit organization is, right? And what I'm getting at is you can volunteer your time to that nonprofit in exchange for something. And this goes way past the people that I just mentioned, right? If there's an executive you're connected with on LinkedIn and you what what can you really give him right like oh maybe you could do some social media marketing for him but let's just say you can't and you can't give anything at all you know in regards to having your your bank account full and in, in, in regards to being able to give something and the opportunity that you can't give you know that there is always options in, in regards to like volunteering time and i think that's uh really big with philanthropy and things of that nature and you know it's rare when someone ever asks that you know because 
who's really doing that? You know, who, who's saying, Oh, what's your favorite nonprofit charity? I'll go volunteer X amount of time to be able to sit down with you or take you out for a coffee and pick your brain. You know, I think that there's weird ways around it. So you don't have to feel like you have to, um, have something to give them, you know, and I just wanted to point that out. Now my networking, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, was say, I would agree with you. And I think, um, and I, and I've come across this all the time where maybe the individual that I am looking to connect with, I can't provide any value short term, but I look at it and I, it's, it's, I tell the students, you got to get creative. This example has happened. Very, you know, successful individual, right? He could buy anything he wants. I'm not going to be able to buy him anything that he doesn't already have. Right. Or in, in that sense. But what if there was the idea that I can creatively think about who can I help that is important to him? Right. And so ended up happening that he had a son in college and this individual very successful, but anything that his dad tells him is why noise. So I can't mentor that individual I'm trying to mentor, but I can mentor his son and I can go out of my way to, you know, provide value to his son because that is providing value to that, to an individual. And so it's about very similar to your philosophy of, you know, the nonprofit. Um, and, and that definitely is an avenue to me. I look at, sure. I might not be able to add value to that individual, but is there somebody he cares about? that I can add value to in a sense as well. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I love that. I think that that's brilliant. I, that's something I'm going to implement as well. And like, it goes back to the whole chain reaction thing of networking, right? It's not just the individual you're connected with directly, but who right. they're connected with and who you're connected with as well. So I love that, man. That's great stuff. What are some ways that you recommend students, you know, to, to start building their network, network um, when they're still in college? Yeah, man. So I think the first thing, and this is something that i I personally done, and I'm not going to talk about anything I've never experienced, but the first thing is uh, getting involved in a club. You know, I think uh, when you put yourself in uh, around other members that have like like-minded um, qualities, you're just owning in and really zoning in on what you want out of life. Like if you're a business major, get involved with a business club, you know, even if they don't have a business club directly to your major become, you know, get involved with an accounting club and find some accountants because accountants are a crucial part of business. You know, like I, I think it starts with definitely doing that. Now, if you're like, all right, I'm already a part of that. What else can you do? So personally, what I did as a college student was I went to as many networking events as possible. Now, how do you find networking events? There are amazing websites like Eventbrite and meetup.com and things of that nature where you can find free networking events in your area. And listen, if you're like, well, there are no networking events in my area. Okay. So start one, literally start a networking meetup, you know, like think outside the box. Just like you said, Daniel, like literally just do something extraordinary because if you want an extraordinary life, extraordinary, extraordinary actions is what it's going to take, you know? So I think that's where you start, you know, make sure that you, you know, start in the classroom, start in clubs, uh, start on your campus and then expand outward. And I think that will be great. How do you suggest students, you know, they get to the networking event, but now they're, you know, sitting in the outskirts, they're in the, in, you know, posting up against the wall or sitting in a chair, they're afraid to talk. Like if you're in, the, in that room, right, and you see the students sitting out, just gathering with the people they came with, you know, very shy, kind of making excuses, and you can go up to a group of students to try to encourage them to go out and meet people, what would you tell them? You know, so I have to be correct on this podcast, right? I can't say go to the bar and grab a drink and loosen up. <laughs> so um, what I would say is like, listen, you know, it really comes down to the mindset you go into the event with. Do you, do you actually want to make something of it or do you just want to be there to say you were there? 
And I think that's crucial, right? Because you're, you're going to be the one that determines your destiny. You're going to be the one that determines your outcomes. And it like, how, how do you loosen yourself up? You know, like you, you got to find your own way. And my, my way is, I'm, you know, I'm not an alcoholic. I, I don't necessarily drink to loosen up, but sometimes if I'm in a situation where I have to, I'll grab a drink or um, sometimes I'll just find someone that looks like they're quote unquote shy too. And I'll talk to them like, listen, I'm, I'm an outgoing dude. I'm very social, but at the same time, I might not be in the quote unquote mood, right? Like I, I might've signed up for a networking event, but the day comes and I'm just like, oh, I kind of don't really want to go, but I'm going to force myself to go. Cause I know it's the right thing. So find someone else that's kind of doing what you're doing and kick off a conversation. And then from there you start to build momentum and momentum is where things really start to strike. And then next thing you know, you're in the middle of the room and you have a crowd around you and you're the one, you know, that's facilitating everything. So that's just my take on that. No, I love it. Love it. All right. So, um, if you can recap the blueprint to student success in one in two to three sentences, what would, how would you recap it? How would you bring it all together? Yeah, man. So I think it comes down to being aware of yourself and what you really want. And, you know, we touched on that earlier. It comes down to networking with individuals that are not always like-minded, but just, let's just call it networking in general. You know, make sure that you're going out there and getting fam- familiarizing yourself and letting people know your face and letting people know your goals because in the back of their mind or even the front of their mind, it will stay there and be like, oh, I could help so-and-so. Um, if they come across an opportunity, I think that's huge. Um, you know, one thing we didn't really talk about is failure, but you know, if, if you do fail or if you do stumble or you do face a challenge, like, don't let that stop you. You know, that's, that's a part of the journey and, uh, I went through it. So trust me on that. And I think it just comes down to, to action, right? At the end of the day, like take the action, keep going, keep striving and never stop getting after your goals. I love it, man. So let's do talk about failure because failure is such an important part of growth. Like you're not growing if you're not failing, if you're not putting yourself out there outside of your comfort zone. So let's talk about it. Like what are some of those failures that really shaped the person you are today? Yeah, man. You know, I, I always, um, I, I talk about the, the incident that happened to my shoulder as, you know, an accident. Right. But at the end of the day, the, the failure that's ingrained in that accident was the fact that I gave up on it. You know, like after I had surgery and after I went to rehab or physical therapy, I didn't go to, you know, whatever, let's just call it physical therapy. After I went to physical therapy and I I did all the training to get back and I was in shape, right? I I went back out to play after three, four months. You know, this was, it happened in the fall. I'm playing spring baseball now. And I remember I was on the pitcher's mound just once and I felt a little pain. And that pain is obviously like scar tissue or, you know, what they call quote unquote floaters. And I just gave up on it after that day, man. And to me, I failed myself because that was my dream and I didn't pursue it. You know, now I don't regret it because what happened was it shaped me into the individual that I am today. But at the same time, you know, I do look at myself as uh, someone that quit on that. Now, granted, that was seven years ago in my life or a little bit more than seven years ago. So what else happened? You know, like I, I failed out of college. You know, you, you said you have a, a college audience. I keep it real, man. I failed out of college. I fell in love with um, making money at that point in my life. And I said to myself, I don't really need this. Um, but I personally think everyone needs college. Like I'm a big believer in that. A lot of people might not want to hear that, but I think there's a lot of beauty in college, man. And uh, what it came down to was, again, I'll keep it real. Um, I went to private school my whole life. When I went to college, it was public. I was never able to cut a class in my life until college, man. I cannot tell you how amazing cutting classes were until I realized that you're only allowed to cut a certain amount of class or 
miss a certain amount of classes until it starts to affect your grade. And, you know, I didn't really understand those rules <laughs> until after the semester ended and I realized I had an F. So um, at the end of the day, though, I did graduate college with honors, you know, so uh, failure, man, failures shaped me completely because it, they just taught me a whole bunch of lessons, right? It taught me patience. It taught me how to become more self-aware. Uh, you know, I was studying something that I didn't like, you know, when you study something you didn't, you don't like, or when you do something you don't like, how are you going to apply yourself fully? You know, like the, it comes down to, you know, really understanding yourself, man, lessons for days, man, lessons for days. I give us one more example of failure. Maybe something that's happened the last six months last six months so it's a little bit longer than six months but um when i first started working with damon i originally interned for him you know that's how i got my foot in the door i said listen i'll work for free you know and i think that's a big thing right a big thing with any individual that's listening and they want something like offer yourself for free and show what you're capable of because then it you know you you have the opportunity to prove yourself and if you're worth it you're going to prove yourself and when i started working with him you know, I was transitioning from intern to employee. And in that process, I was graduating college and, you know, I just got over taking 21 credits. So I was in seven classes my last semester. I was the president of a club. I was interning. I was in a startup competition, which my team finished in first. Like just, I had so much going on, man. And I needed a vacation. Like I just needed to be able to disconnect. So what I did was I said, I'm going to skip my graduation ceremony. I'm going to go down to Dominican Republic. I'm going to spend five days in Dominican Republic and I'm going to chill. And that's exactly what I did, man. I went and I chilled. And the only reason why I did that was because I thought I knew what I was getting myself into in regards to my work at, you know, with Damon at his company called The Shark Group. And what happened was I got back Sunday night. I started work Monday morning and the first week was great. First week was great. You know, like I already knew everyone. I didn't have to get introduced to anyone. Um, next thing you know, week two, week three, week four, dude, I caught the craziest anxiety. I was under an insane amount of stress. And the reason why I'm considering this a failure is because I didn't prepare. Now, proper prior planning prevents poor performance, right? And I did the complete opposite. Like I came on on vacation time thinking this is going to be a breeze because I was already doing I was already doing all of this. Meanwhile, that wasn't the case, right? There was a lot of things that I wasn't doing that I'm now doing because a position was created for me to join the team. And like I said, I, I consider that a failure because I, I didn't get a good jump out of the gate. You know, like I, w I was behind everything I needed to do. And, you know, that's not the type of individual that I am. And, um, you know, I'm someone to be ahead of the head of the ball, you know, not behind it. So like I'm over here striking out and I'm like, I usually bat a thousand, you know, what am I doing? So, um, yeah, man, plan, plan, plan. Love it. Proper planning prevents poor performance. All right, Matt. So we're wrapping it up. You know, we've actually been talking now for about 30 minutes. Um, you share so much knowledge and drop so much great advice, but if the students listening to this could only remember one piece of advice, just one man, don't give me three, nothing, just one. What would you hope they would take away from this episode? You know, it's not something I mentioned, but I literally carry it right here above my desk. You know, life is not happening to you. Life is happening for you. Um, I think that's something to always keep in the back of your mind or the front of your mind, however you want to look at it, because, you know, we're all on a journey, right? We're, we're all on a journey. All of our journeys are different. But at the end of the day, no matter what you face, no matter what happens, just remember life is not happening to you. It is happening for you. I love it. Perfect. Eric, Matt, um, that's all the questions I have for you, man. 
how does the audience connect with you? And not only how, by give them an elevator speech. Why? <laughs> That's a great one. Yeah, man. No one ever asked me to give them the elevator speech. Listen, I'm always open to, to helping any individual. And I think this is my elevator speech. It's all about service, right? I have a, a goal to be able to impact 1 billion lives while I'm on this earth. And anyone that wants help, anyone that needs some guidance, anyone that needs some direction from my personal experiences, I can steer you in the right direction based on what I've experienced. Um, so if you're looking for mentorship, if you're looking for anything of that nature, by all means, I am always open and willing to have a phone call, text message, email, Instagram, DM, Facebook messenger, like whatever the case is, like I'm totally open to being of service and adding value to anyone's life. So that is my elevator pitch right there. Uh, perfect. And so where do they find you? So, like you said, they can find you in, in pretty much every social media. What's your handle? A hundred percent. Yeah, man. Uh, Instagram, Twitter is at M A T T underscore L E B R I S Facebook and LinkedIn is just Matt Labris. Same thing spelled the same way. If you want to head over to my website, it's same thing, mattlabris.com. And then well, last thing, man, tell them about your podcast. What's your podcast all about? For sure, man. Yeah, I appreciate you mentioning that. My podcast is based on the principle that there's no longer a secret to success. You know, we're not living in the era of Dale Carnegie or uh, JP Morgan or John D. Rockefeller. You know, like these people have passed us and we're, we're living in a blessed time, man. We're living in a blessed time, right? People like you are putting out all this amazing content and giving them secrets to success through your platform, which I'm grateful you gave me the opportunity to share with, you know, with everyone. So, it's based on that principle, right? The, the answers are out there for us to um, retrieve, apply, and navigate accordingly, right? Not everything is going to work for everyone, but you need to be able to find what works for you and apply it to your life and see what works and see how you can, you know, you can move forward and propel yourself to new heights with those attributes or characteristics or tactics, whatever you want to refer to them as. And that's what it's based on. And I've been interviewing some amazing individuals just depicting what made them successful you know and that's just called decoding success as simple as that love it so make sure that um if you like what you know what matt was talking about today um if you enjoy you know all that advice given, make sure you follow him on social media make sure that you are listening to his podcast decoding success if you're driving if you're at the gym stop listening to the radio continue listening to podcasts educate yourself and decoding success is definitely a good avenue for you um, to continue to get content and surround yourself with people who are going to fill your head uh, with the positivity and the advice that's going to progress your life to the next level. So everybody, thank you so much for listening. I'll catch you guys on the next podcast. If you're listening to me right now, you, my friend, have made it to the end of the podcast. I want to take some time to thank you and congratulate you for being different and taking control of your career, doing things like listening to this podcast, putting yourself out there and building the experience needed to land your dream job is what's going to set you apart and not be just another statistic. So great job. Keep it up. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with your friends and make sure you subscribe and leave us a review. Talk to you soon.